Hey guys, it's Jaya and welcome back to another episode of Just Jaya the Podcast Season 2. On this episode, since I already gave you a backstory of where I was, where I am currently, I would like to focus on mental health on this episode. Since I gave a glimpse that I went and seek for a professional help on episode 2, I will be tackling more about why did I come up with that kind of decision and what's the current situation of mental health in Asian country like a like the Philippines. And I would be I would be talking more about that in this episode. So if you're interested, just keep on listening and let me share you my story about that. Mental health. It is something that's not usual for common Filipino families to talk about. It's something that if people in your family most especially figured out that you're going through something, you're you're like depressed or you're feeling like you are depressed, you're having anxieties and all that, they would just brush it off. That's how they do it here in the Philippines. They will tell you that it's just all in your mind and they will just brush it off. And they would just say, get over it. I had and they will even they will even compare it with their with their time. They will say like during my time we don't have such thing and that did not affect my my growth. I, that did not affect my personality and all that stuff. Which is sad. Because you know that there was something happening. But you can just point it out because they don't support you. They don't listen to you. And that's what you need right now. That's what you need most especially. Most especially in the Filipino setting. The reason why people develop anxieties is because they can't speak to their own families. They can't speak to their own parents because their parents were just going to brush it off. Their parents will just tell them to get over it and their parents won't believe them. It's so hard for us to, to have people who would understand what mental health is all about. Because I remember when, when my brain can't focus anymore when my brain can't can't focus on my work because i used to be the workaholic girl i used to be a very high functioning person that i can do multiple things at once and it's effortless for me i don't have to put an effort to it i can i can perform my job correctly without even putting an effort to it and I love doing my job. And because of what happened to me recently, I lost my focus. I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to function in my life. I can't I can't control what I want to do. I'm zoning out whenever I'm working. 
it's like there's a whole different me going on and I don't know how to function well. I don't know how to be myself. I don't know how I would be able to survive every single day at work without breaking down, without zoning out, without screwing up. That's what happened. And that's where I've decided that maybe I really should seek professional help. Then I remembered one of my family members was advised to seek professional help with a psychiatrist because he or she is showing symptoms of depression. And then I asked this person uh, how much would be a consultation for for a psychiatrist and all that stuff because I I would like to check all of my options. I would like to know if if there's cheaper because mental health is not covered by our health card in our company, which is sad. I don't know why it's like that here in the Philippines, but in other countries, most especially the US, it's always part of their health card or health insurance that mental health is is covered but not here in the philippines maybe because yeah um the even i'm not quote i mean i'm not sure about this but maybe even doh does not consider mental health as as a as an illness that's why not all health insurance companies here in the philippines are covering that area as well Alright, so moving forward. So I'm trying to check all of my options of who would be the available psychiatrist or how much would be the consultation. Does does it have really a range or something like that? So I'm checking options. So I asked this person, um, who was your psychiatrist and uh, how much was the consultation fee and all that stuff? And then you know what he or she told me? Why? Do you think you're depressed? It's just a waste of money. That was what told to me. That consulting to a psychiatrist is just a waste of money because you will just talk. You will not be given any assurance that you will be fine or whatever. Good thing that my work revolves around health insurance or healthcare industry. Not in the Philippines, but in the US. So I have an idea of how mental health um, services are being made. And I have an access to resources to know what are the things that they do whenever they are um, psychotherapy sessions or counseling and you know those stuff i kind of have an uh, access to that resources so i could check that and actually it's available online whatever however if you checked it online without the proper resources or without proper um basis you might get confused you might get um you might lost or you might be distracted by some other things that could trigger even 
bigger problems. That's why it's not advisable that if you're going through something, you check it online. But good thing, since my work is somehow related to healthcare and healthcare, including mental health, is a big deal in the U.S. I kind of had an access to it to check if I really should ask for a professional help from a psychiatrist. And then, when this member of my family told me that, that it's just a waste of money, that's when I understand. And that, that's where I promised myself that if I consulted a psychiatrist, I would never tell anyone in our family about it. Because for them, it's just a waste of money. They don't understand the importance of mental health if they think that it's just a waste of money and if they think that you're just wasting your money if you seek help through a psychiatrist because your psychiatrist will just ask you to tell your story and that's it then it's not i mean then you did not understand the reason why you need to go to a psychiatrist but in my condition i do understand why psychiatrists psychiatrist needs needs you to tell your story because of course when you tell your story that's when the psychiatrist will figure out what are your triggers what causes for this kind of anxiety what's your current situation and that's where that's that is when they will diagnose whether or not you are clinically depressed or not if if whatever you're going through is normal or it needs medical attention so to cut the long story short, I just brushed off and did not ask any more details about that member of the family regarding the psychiatrist. Good thing I have some friends in the medical industry who have friends who are psychiatrists. And then I landed with my psychiatrist. I scheduled my first ever psychiatrist visit it's a teleconsultation telemedicine type of thing and on that first session my psychiatrist asked me what pushed me to ask for help you you would actually feel the difference between talking to talking to a friend talking to a family member versus talking to a professional because the reason why you are talking to a professional is because they know how to answer i mean they know how to ask the proper questions without triggering your anxiety without rubbing it off to yourself that it is your problem without causing too much stress and trauma to your brain because they know how to use the correct words, they know how to use the proper proper words, they know how to use the correct tone, they know how to ask the proper questions. And as you answer those questions, you would eventually realize in yourself that whatever you're going through is valid, that whatever you're going through is normal. Because prior to me, asking assistance asking help from that psychiatrist 
I was blaming myself all along. I felt like I am responsible for whatever I'm going through, which is correct. Technically, it's right. I am responsible for whatever I'm going through because it's my decision after all. It's my decision to screw up. But what the psychiatrist had showed me is that there's always another side of the coin. If you think of this way, if you think that it is your fault, if you think that you put yourself into a situation that you screw up, did you really think that it that you will screw up when you landed in that decision or when you decided to take that decision or to take that path? Of course not. The psychiatrist give me a glimpse of what if. And with that what if, that's what fired up for me to come up with the decision that led me to my current situation. And it's so hard for me to believe at first that I should be more compassionate about myself. And that's what my psychiatrist would like me to understand and would like me to know or to learn or to develop that I should be more compassionate to myself more than anyone. If I could be compassionate to other people, why can I not be compassionate to my own self? I remembered my psychiatrist gave me a situation that what if you have a friend who doesn't have any experience in building a restaurant, starting a restaurant, or managing a restaurant business. But because this is the childhood dream of your friend, even though he or she doesn't have the experience, she or he or she spent all of his or her savings just to establish that restaurant or that business. And since he's not or she's not experienced in that kind of field or in that industry, after a few months, he or she had to close down the business because of bankruptcy. And then one day, your friend went to you and ranted, what would you do? Our usual responses would be like, I would be a shoulder to cry on. I would listen to the rants, I would let them vent out, I will not give unsolicited advices, I would not rub it into their faces or to his or her faces that it's her fault or his fault after all. But I would just understand that it's it's a childhood dream and sometimes you have to you have to experience pain just for you to understand that it's not meant for you. You would be that kind of friend. Okay, understandable. You're compassionate to other people. But what if you are that person? What if you are the person who has a childhood dream to establish a restaurant or a business, even if you don't have any background or or um, if you don't have any background on that kind of industry, if you don't have any experience in managing that kind of business or in 
being in that industry. And then you spent all of your savings trying to establish that. But at the end of the day, you just went bankrupt and all that. How you would deal with that situation? How would you deal with yourself? And then there you will start blaming yourself. You will begin telling yourself and blaming yourself. Why did you do that in the first place? You know exactly that you don't have any idea on how to manage a business. But why did you spend all of your money just for for that? Just for the sake of your childhood dream. So technically, you're beating yourself up. You're, you're the one who's scolding yourself. You're the one who's reprimanding yourself. You're the one rubbing it into yourself that it was your fault after all. Because you don't... Because you did not think about it. Or because... You were so impulsive about it. And just for the sake of your childhood dream, you spent all of your savings and all that stuff just for you to screw up. Something like that. How you would you would just blame yourself. Which is wrong. Because how could you be so compassionate with other people and not with yourself? My psychiatrist told me that no one could be more compassionate to ourselves but ourselves because we understand why we came up to that kind of situation from the first place we just have to identify why we did that why we came up with that kind of decision regardless if it will fail or succeed Prior to this recent happening in my life, I used to be a risk taker. That's why taking risk with that person did not bother me at all because I always take risk. And I was so scared that maybe after what happened, I would be I would be so scared to take risk again because I might fail again. But then I've just realized that maybe it's just really not meant to be. Maybe it's just a way of telling me that here's how it feels if if you risk something and you did not end up getting what you want and it's normal it is happening so i should not be blaming myself because i just i just followed my heart and i just became true to myself it's always good to live with at least i did it Rather than, what if I did it? It's always good to know the end results because it happened right in front of you. Rather than thinking about what would be the end result if ever I did it. I might fail. I, I'd fa- I mean, I already failed. But at least, that's when you will realize it is what it is. And you can't control something that you cannot control. And that's another thing that my psychiatrist had 
highlighted in me. There are things that I can control and there are things that I cannot control. Controllable and uncontrollable. So those things that are uncontrollable, I have to let go of the control about it. And what I can control, I should just embrace those things that I can control and manage my emotions and all that stuff. I'm still in the process of the therapy. And good thing I am not clinically diagnosed depressed yet. I mean, it's too early for us to identify that. But with the, with the first evaluation, my psychiatrist did not diagnose me that I'm clinically depressed, which is I'm very thankful for because I know it's very hard to be clinically depressed. And I hope that I'm not. Because now that I'm not clinically depressed, my brain is like that. I mean, it's all over the place. It's so messy. You can't control anything. I mean, you're losing control over everything because your brain was just so messy and all, all over the place. And what if you are clinically depressed? It's even be or it's going to be more worse. And I'm very much thankful that I'm not yet clinically depressed and I hope I won't be. So please guys help me to pray with that continuously that I will not be clinically depressed because it's it will change everything. I mean, I have professional help, yes, but if you are sick and your family does not know anything about it, it'll be harder to manage. And if, and if your family does not know that mental health does really exist it's very hard but now that I'm thinking about it that I'm not clinically depressed I mean I'm not yet diagnosed I'm very much thankful and it gave me a reason to believe in myself again when when the psychiatrist told me that I don't think that you need any medication you just need therapy and all that stuff so that you could you could manage your emotions again just like how you do it before that's when i realized that everything is normal that whatever i'm going through is normal whatever i felt the grief the pain it's all normal and then there's where she I, will, I always read this on social media, the five stages of grief. And then she highlighted or um, told me about it again. I mean, she's not aware that I'm aware of that already, but she eventually told me that the five stages of grief, which is first is denial, and then anger, and then bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. When I consulted her, I'm at my anger stage. Which I thought, I'm just on stage two. I would still have to go through bargaining and depression and then finally acceptance. But what she actually tried to explain to me that not everyone would have to go through that stage in that chronological order sometimes for others 
after denial, they would go straightly to bargaining and then depression. And then anger and then acceptance. And I think that's what happened to me. After after denial, I went straight to bargaining. And then depression. And then after depression, when I thought I already recovered, that fired up my anger. I had my sudden rage of everything. I was so mad with my ex because I don't see any remorse. So that's that's one of the reasons why I consulted a psychiatrist because I was so scared of what I can do because I was so mad. I have never been that mad with anyone. But good thing when we were having our conversation, she just let me understand that whatever I'm going through is normal. It's a normal reaction of someone who's grieving. And I am, yes, in an anger stage. But since that would be my second to the last stage, I know that the next one would be acceptance. And I think I'm already on that. I mean, Right now that I'm talking to you guys, I'm recording this podcast, I'm no longer mad. I'm no longer angry with with my ex. And I think I already accepted it, that it is what it is. At least I learned my lesson that not everyone is meant to stay in your life. And I would still continue if you guys are asking me now that I'm a bit okay than I was prior to the prior to the consultation, would I still continue seeing my psychiatrist? And my answer would be yes. She advised me to see her after two weeks from the time that we had our first consultation. And I would still see her see her after two weeks because I just have to make sure that I won't have any relapses. Because that's what always throw me off. My relapses. Like one day I know I'm okay. Then the next day I'm not. Or or the past few weeks I'm okay. And then after that. Just, just one day and you're back to square one. And you are trying to figure out what what you did wrong. And all, all, of, the, all of those stuff again. And it's very hard. It's very hard for someone who's going through a lot and someone who's trying to establish her career to be just going back to square one every time that she would have a relapse. And that's why I've decided to seek professional help because I I have to make sure that I won't have any relapse anymore. And I have to make sure that I would stop blaming anyone. And I have to make sure that I completely understand what happened. And I completely understand myself. That I won't beat myself up anymore. That's the importance of mental health. And some of us were just setting it aside. Rubbing it off. 
And then for some, they tend to over-analyze or self-diagnose themselves. That's one thing. Don't self-diagnose that you're depressed. Because maybe you're not. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I'm not diagnosing myself as depressed. But I know I'm going through something. I'm going I'm having anxieties. And that's that's actually one of the reasons why I finally seek professional help because I want to make sure that I am not depressed. Even if all these signs that you see on the internet is telling you you are depressed, you need help, blah blah blah, all that stuff. I have to make sure that I am not really depressed. Or I have to make sure that I am really depressed so that there would be a medical approach on how to cure that or how to prevent that. And that's one of the reasons since I know that I am, I mean, before I went to that consultation, I knew in myself that I am not really depressed because I still can somehow control my reactions. But sometimes it would just really fire up. But then again, sometimes I can still control my my reactions, my emotions. Because I can still focus on work if I have to. But I have to prevent myself from having the real deal. So consulting to the psychiatrist is my kind of preventive measure. I don't want to end up being really diagnosed with depression, so... I'll just go ahead and had myself check even before it happens. You know, prevention is always better than cure. And that's one thing that I had learned. I had learned from from my work, from from my since yeah, I'm I'm working in a healthcare industry. So, that's one of the things that I've realized that I have to work on preventing something rather than curing something cuz it's It's easier to cure. I mean, it's easier to prevent things from happening rather than curing it. So that's one of the things that pushed me. And sometimes, not sometimes, it's always the social media. Where most especially now, it's pandemic. We can't go out. And the only thing that could make us feel like we're free and we can explore the world, even if we are in our respective houses, is through social media. And the social media romanticizes depression. That's why a lot of teenagers right now self-diagnose themselves as depressed. Sometimes they were just being scolded or reprimanded by, by their parents. And they will say that they were, they were already depressed. You may have um, developed an anxiety or something, but you cannot diagnose yourself as depressed because there are stages that you have to check on that. And I'm not even um, capable of diagnosing my own self. That's why I ask for professional help. And that's why I am sharing this to everyone. That if you think you need professional help, please don't hesitate to do so. Please don't hesitate to ask for help. And then sometimes we tend to seek help from the wrong people. Well, lucky for me, I have a good set of friends 
that understands the importance of mental health. That's why they don't diagnose me as depressed. They they don't, um, you know, I mean, they understand what mental health is all about. So there was, um, when they cannot, I mean, if they already lost, not really lost, but if they don't have any words to say to me anymore to make myself feel okay, that's, that's when I've decided, I mean, they did not tell that to me right away. They were like, if you think you're feeling that way, then yes, you may, I mean, I asked them, should I really ask for professional help? Is this the time and all that stuff? And then my friends were like, if you're really feeling that way, then I guess, yes, you should. So that you would be properly diagnosed if you are. Because we are not professionals. We don't know anything about diagnosing someone who has depression. We could be a friend that would listen to your rants. We could be a friend that would comfort you and all that. But we cannot be the professional that would diagnose if you're really depressed or not. And I'm lucky to have them. Because they supported me in getting professional help. Even if my my my, my real family's not. And they still think that it's it's not important. Because for my family, they would think that you grew up with a good childhood. You have good family that listens to you. I mean, they don't listen to me, actually. But I mean, um, we gave you a good and comfortable life. So who are you to be depressed from the first place? You know, those stuff. Sometimes they would tend to make sumbat of everything that they did. And who dare and how dare you. How dare you to be depressed after after everything that we gave or after everything that we provided? Something like that. That's why they think that I'm not um I'm not entitled to be mentally ill because I had a very good and comfortable life. It's it's somehow like that. And then sometimes they will just say, Maybe you're just lacking of faith. You don't pray or you don't go to church every Sunday. That's why you're like that. I mean, sometimes it does affect that you don't have your strong relationship with God anymore. But if your brain is really messy, like it's all over the place, even if you wanted to, there's something that would pull you off, would throw you off. And that's what happened to me. I was crying my heart out to God one day. I was praying. And then I've decided. And then that's, that's where, uh, during my praying, that's when I felt the message that I could, I should finally seek professional help. And when I came up to book an appointment for that, for that um, professional help, for the psychiatrist, I prayed and cried to God that may this, this step wherein I would I would seek help professionally would be my way of returning back the control to my life that I can go back and having my daily devotion and I can start praying to God with a calm heart because most of the time whenever I'm praying it's either I'm crying I'm so mad or I'm lost you know those stuff 
and it's it's tiring to be in intense emotion whenever I pray to God. So I ask God to to use the psychiatrist to be able to enlighten me even more. So I believe that that my prayer worked, that God answered my prayer, that he will use the psychiatrist for me to get back into myself, for me to get back on track, and for me to start managing my emotions again. Because mental health without faith, mental health awareness without faith could clash. I mean, yes. You are being managed medically. There's a medical approach on something that you're going through. But sometimes if you don't have faith, faith in in whatever your psychiatrist is doing, and faith in God that everything would work out, how would you know? How would you know that you're not just wasting money as what your family is telling you? But if you have faith, you know that everything would work out. And that's what's happening. And that's what I'm seeing. Everything is working out in my life right now. I have God with me. I have reestablished and calming myself whenever I'm talking to God. I have my daily devotion. I have a good medical approach towards my anxieties, my grief. And it's all working well. I still have my some um, anxieties, a little bit of anxieties here and there but it's not as as powerful as they would throw me off the bus every time whenever I'm having it before I'm getting back the control on my life again and I'm very thankful for that so again if you're asking me if I will still continue my my psychotherapy of That's how you see it, psychotherapy. Or if it's just counseling, I don't know. We haven't labeled it with my psychiatrist. But it's a therapy, according to her. It's not medication, it's therapy. So, however, yeah. I'm still going back to see her after two weeks from the time that we had our first session. Just to make sure that I will be going back on track. And to prevent any relapse. And I guess that's why we have to be very mindful with ourselves. Also mindful to whatever we post on social media. Because mental health is not a joke, guys. It's not a joke. Don't self-diagnose and don't ignore it. If you need professional help, seek one. If you want to know who is my psychiatrist or if you need help over finding a psychiatrist that offers teleconsultation, telemedicine, or telehealth, you may send a DM to my Instagram account, just E, and I'll be glad to share the information to you.
that concludes the episode 3 of this journey. I hope that you guys learned something from it or I was able to promote awareness with this episode. It's very personal for me because it's it's my story that I shared. But if you guys really need help, you don't hesitate and ask for professional help. If you think that your family won't understand and do what I did, I hid it from them and I still went to see a psychiatrist. Let's continue to pray for each other, continue to pray for me as I went along in this journey. I hope and I pray that everyone who's going through the same thing as I am would be enlightened and would be guided by God. We can make it. We can get through this journey all together. I have a strong faith. I have a strong faith in God and to myself that I could make it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I would catch you on the next one. See you. Bye.